Hi everyone, it's Melissa Pemberton here, host of Mending Families, where we will talk all things parenting, trauma, and healing. Okay friends, I need your help with something. My heart is really to get the information about parenting from a different perspective, understanding how trauma can play into how we parent and how we can help our kids heal by using a connected parenting approach. I believe that this is so important for our future generations to understand and to experience as kids. And so I need your help getting the word out about my podcast. And there's three ways you can do that. The first way is that you can tell your friend about this podcast. If you just go into the podcast, open it up, there's a little share button. Click that button and share with all your friends, families, neighbors, sisters, cousins, everyone. The more people that you can tell about this podcast, the better. The second way to get the word out there is by giving me a review or a rating. That is another way that Apple Podcasts in particular will bump up how often my podcast will appear on people's possible listen to list. And the third way, is just word of mouth. If you subscribe, hit the subscribe button, every week when I drop a new episode, it will come right into your feed and you listen and you're gonna get good information because that is what I'm all about. And so when you listen to that good information, if you can just tell your people, maybe they don't have the ability to listen to podcasts. Well, guess what? It's all on my website. So you can direct them to my website, www.mendingfamilieswa.com and you will be able to listen to all my podcasts that I've ever dropped as well as get access to all of the show notes, which has so much important information as well. Do me a solid and help me get the word out about this podcast. Thank you so much. And I am so glad that you are here with me every week. Welcome to another Mondays with Melissa. I'm excited because it's finally summer here in the Pacific Northwest. I look forward to the day that I get to wear tank tops and shorts and sandals or no shoes. And the day has finally arrived. So very excited about that just to let you all know. And today I actually, you guys, I was going to have another episode, um, for today. And because what I originally wanted to do was talk to you about my own journey with therapy and EMDR, because last week, Christina shared with us about EMDR. She is an EMDR therapist. That's one of the modalities she uses in her therapy. And so she came on and she shared with us about what it is and all the things. If you haven't listened to that episode, you should go back and listen. And so I originally was going to talk about my own journey. And then I got nervous and I got into my head and I thought, you guys don't want to hear about that. And so I recorded another episode um, that was good information, but not about EMDR. And then my husband brought it up and he was like, so next week, are you going to have your episode be about how you use EMDR? And I was like, gosh, I wanted to, and I got scared. And so he encouraged me. And so here I am (laughs) re-recording. Don't worry. The episode that I had originally planned for today, I will still drop it at some point. Um, just not today. So today you guys are going to hear about my therapy journey. So it's kind of like another story time, right? If you go back to episode, I believe it was eight, you will hear me talk about my story, about my childhood, about being in an abusive marriage, about um, how I realized I needed therapy. And so 
it might be interesting for you to go back and listen to that one to kind of get the backstory. Um, cause I'm not going to go into that today, but today I'm going to talk about from when I started therapy and what that looked like and what my journey has been like. So I, if you did listen to episodes seven and eight, seven is when my daughter Haley was on and we talked about her healing journey and kind of what she has been through and how she realized she needed therapy. And then episode eight, I told my story and I can't remember in which one of those episodes, but we talked about this one specific situation that happened with my daughter, Kayana, when she was probably two or three, where Haley just looked at me and was like, mom, you're not well. I mean, she didn't say that, but I don't remember what she said. And it was later that night that I came to her crying and said, you're right. I need help and I'm going to go get therapy and I'm going to do better. And that's what started my journey. And so if you think about I had been a parent for 11, 12 years already before I got into therapy. I had had Haley in counseling when she was two or three, um, when I left her birth dad and that was a really yucky situation. It was really hard and she went through a lot and it was hard for her to process as a, a little toddler. And so I had her in counseling and it was really helpful. And I was involved in that because when you're, you have a two or three year old, you don't just have them go off into therapy and the parents not involved. Some people do that, but that is probably not best practice. And so, and so I was involved in her counseling, but it wasn't specifically for me and my stuff. Gosh, it took until she was 12 or 13 before I realized like, yeah, I'm not well, (laughs) this is not working for me. I am triggered a lot. I have anxiety. Um, and so it started with me actually going to my doctor and talking to my doctor about it because I didn't even know where to start with how to find a therapist. So I went to my doctor and she prescribed me a um, medication to help with my anxiety because, um, we were through talking, we were, this is really cliff notes. So just know that there was a lot more, there was conversation. There was, um, it wasn't just like I went to my doctor and she gave me a prescription. There was more than that, but this is long story short. Um, she did give me a prescription, an anti-anxiety medication, and we tried out some different doses and finally got onto a good dose where I felt like, oh my gosh, I finally can feel like I can think clearly about situations that are happening around me and I'm not getting tunnel vision and I'm not getting overwhelmed by my, my overactive nervous system. And so then we talked about some good options for therapy. And so she, the, the person she gave me didn't work out because of my insurance. And so I ended up just with somebody that my insurance had recommended or said that I had to see. I honestly can't remember. And I got lucky because I liked her. She was great. She was, um, an older, um, lady who was just really sweet and kind and understanding. And, One of the things though, was that we didn't talk about my past. We talked about my anxiety. We talked about, um, my anxiety attacks. We talked about how I would get tunnel vision and kind of shut down, but we didn't go back. We didn't talk about my past. And then honestly, in that moment, I was okay with that. Um, 
And so what we did do, though, is we did a lot of work on mindfulness. We did a lot of work on grounding. We did a lot of work on how to help me um, get centered again when I was having panic attacks or when I was feeling overly anxious about situations. And I saw her for um, about two years and it was helpful. And then it got to the point where it just wasn't helpful. And it wasn't, I felt like I was at the end of what she could help me with. And so we parted ways. We, I ended my time with her and um, had every intention of finding a new therapist and then life got in the way. And so that was it was probably four years went by before I, maybe even five, before I finally realized that I needed to get back into therapy. And so here's what happened, y'all. <laughs> During that time, I had read The Body Keeps a Score, and I had read um, The Deepest Well, and I had learned about ACEs. And, um, and so I knew that you know, in theory, when I go back to get therapy, it'll be a trauma-informed therapist. And I was so great at telling the families that I worked with that, you know, therapy is great and make sure you find a trauma-informed therapist. But I just wasn't doing that for myself. And so then COVID comes along and literally it was like a month of being quarantined and I was out of my mind and I was back to just, I couldn't, I couldn't, I was just tunnel vision all the time, panic attacks. I was not well. And and so I started my own search for a trauma-informed therapist. And at, by that point, um, we had different medical insurance. And so it actually opened up some more doors for me, which is really a struggle, I think. And it's really frustrating for me that insurance can be such a barrier to people getting good therapy, but that is the truth. And so it's there. It's a fact. I don't know what to do about that personally, but that's just um, the reality of my situation that when I had a different insurance, it allowed me to find different therapy options. And so I did a search for trauma-informed therapy. And I also made sure that I found an agency that was familiar with EMDR because I had read The Body Keeps the Score, because I had learned more about ACEs and because I just knew more. And so that is how I found my therapist. And she was not um, an EMDR therapist when I first started seeing her in May of 2020, but she was knowledgeable in trauma awareness. And she was actually um, in the process of trying to do the EMDR training when COVID happened. And so I knew within our first time meeting that it was going to be a good fit because eventually we'd be able to do EMDR and that she had great modalities to use with me in the meantime. We did a lot of tapping. We did mindful meditation. We did breath work. Um, I did tell my story. I went back and I told it and it actually, even just doing that was so therapeutic for me to be able to share, um, what had happened to me through my childhood and into my teen years, having a teenage pregnancy, being in an abusive marriage and just like how that all snowballed into what was happening now, as I think at the time I was 39, so we did a lot of good work, body scanning, um, and it was super helpful. And so then in, I want to say January or February of the following year of 2021, she was able to do EMDR with me. And so of course we started that right away because I was so excited. And so basically we made a list of the, and I believe that this is how it works with EMDR, that you list out the things that have 
um, been really heavy and hard and things that um, you want to work through. And so, you know, my list involved things from my childhood. My list involved things from my teenage years. My list involved my abusive marriage. My list involved an accident that my, one of my daughters had right at the beginning of COVID that was super traumatic for all of us, more so for her, but also there we had some, it was really hard. Um, And then finally, the last thing that was on my list was there was a situation at one of the places that I worked in November of 2020, um, where a male coworker uh, really abused his power and was emotionally abusive towards me. And it really affected me and it really affected my marriage and it affected um, John and I and how we were able to communicate about it. And so I added that to my list. And that was one of the things that I had to work through and process. I'm just going to jump in really quick and take a break from our episode to tell you about some of the services that I have to offer at Mending Families. I love to come alongside families and help them find healing and growth. And so if you are in a place where you're feeling frustrated, you are constantly anxious about parenting, and am I doing this right? And maybe even just feeling like you're pulling your hair out because your kids don't seem to want to listen ever, reach out to me. I love to come alongside families and help them with these very issues. So check me out at www.mendingfamilieswa.com and you can find all of my services, resources, everything that I have to offer right there on my website. Also, feel free to reach out to me. You can DM me on Instagram or shoot me an email, melissa at mendingfamilieswa.com. And I would be happy to see if I can help. All right, back to our episode. And so I did that. And here we are two years later, and I have worked my way through the list and we have processed all the things. And I, there's, I could give you so many examples of ways that I know that it worked, but I think the two that stand out for me the most right now in this moment, because they were the most recent and, um, had the ability to have more present triggers for me was the first one was my daughter's accident. She had a, an accident that was near our home. And so every time that I walked by that place or drove by that place that that accident happened, or any time that we had to go to a medical appointment, it affected me. My nervous system shut down and I on the outside would hold it together for her sake because she also was having her own anxiety and panicking about the same things. And so I was able to hold it together for her. And then I would later in the day, or maybe even a week later, it would just all of a sudden come out, whether it was through sobbing tears or anger or, um, just the inability to really see things clearly. And so I, after doing EMDR around that situation, I now to this day can go on walks. Uh, In fact, last night we went on a family walk um, and walked right by that place. And it does zero effect on me now. We can even talk about that the accident happened right there. And, and she's done her own work too. So I'm, 
we're really mindful of that. And um, if she ever feels like she can't walk that direction, we don't go that direction. But um, for me, myself, personally, the EMDR has allowed me to be able to experience or have memories of that situation, that accident, that experience, be able to be in the same place that the accident happened, be able to go to these medical appointments that we still have to go to. And I'm okay. I'm not, it doesn't affect me. I don't panic. I don't shut down. I don't have the visceral response that I was having before. The other is the situation with the coworker. Um, the first time that I had to see him again after the situation happened, I had a complete panic attack and couldn't think clearly. I don't even know how I drove home from um, that location where I saw him. And after doing EMDR, I am able to see him, um, although granted, I haven't seen him for probably a year and a half now, but at the time I was able to see him and it didn't affect me. I even had a conversation with him and I was able to just have a conversation with him and know that he was not going to affect me, that what he did to me was wrong and he would never take ownership for it and he would never apologize. And that was on him. But I know what he did was not okay. And I had boundaries and I was no longer going to be around him in a professional capacity. So um, those are two situations that it just was so amazing to me. And it felt so good to be able to have that power back, to be able to say, I can drive by these places. I can go to this um, place where this man works that I don't go there anymore. But at the time, I still would have to go to that building that he worked in. I can go there and I'm okay. And it doesn't affect me and my nervous system and my body's response. And so it brings, a, it gives me a lot of, um, I think it just gives me that power back. I, I already said that, but that's the feeling that I have and I, and it, it feels good. And so, um, so like I said, we worked through the list. Um, and so recently, probably in the last few months, we have started, she, my counselor approached me and said, hey, I'm, I'm learning a little bit more about pre-verbal trauma and EMDR. Would you be interested in kind of doing working through that? And so I was like, yes, because I'm all about healing from my trauma now. I'm so different than I was even 10 years ago. Like I, I want to keep doing better and growing and healing because I feel better. And I know that I'm better for my kids, my family, my friends friends, my coworkers because of it. So we have, we worked through, um, in utero and up to 12 months. And so we just did it in little chunks and it is the coolest thing that I have experienced so far. I would have these sensations in my body, or I would have like a picture of somebody come into my mind or a smell. And then I would call my mom later and be like, Hey, so I had this come up when we were doing EMDR around the third trimester. Tell me about, and it was like, yeah, that happened or this happen or this, that smell makes sense because of A, B, and C. And so it's actually really cool to be able to know that I am, I, you never, you can never get enough healing and that I still have stuff that, um, I need to work through. And so, um, 
it's just, it's really fun. It brings me joy to be able to know that I'm working through this pre-verbal trauma that is still in me. The body keeps the score and it's true. It is in me. Um, and then I still have moments. I, there's situations that will come up that will trigger me, that will bring me back to a place or I'll think I'm okay. And then I'll have nightmares for a few nights. And that will be, a um, basically like a reminder for me that that's nope there's something there that if I'm having nightmares again then I need to do some work through some stuff and I'll bring that to my therapist and we'll do some more EMDR and um, it just has been so incredibly healing and although I am thankful for my first therapist that taught me about mindfulness and taught me about grounding and um, was there for me in that capacity. I just think that this deeper healing has been so good for my soul, for my relationships, for my heart, and for my ability to help others. So that's my story. I hope that it was inspiring to you. If you have questions about any of the modalities that I talked about, whether it's tapping, EMDR, um, mindful meditation, um, breath work, any of that, please shoot me a DM on Instagram or email me, melissa at mendingfamilieswa.com. I would be happy to chat with you more about my journey and answer any questions you might have, maybe even steer you in a, in a direction of giving you some recommendations for therapists if you live in the area. Um, so I just love to see families move forward in healing because I know how powerful it is. I know how beneficial it is. So that's my story about EMDR. I hope you enjoyed it next week. I am going to have my new friend, uh, Tori Hope Peterson on. She's an author. She is, um, a former foster child, and she has such an inspiring story about surviving foster care, surviving childhood trauma, and she's doing some pretty awesome, amazing, cool things now that um, because she has done her own work and healing and continues to do her own work and healing, she's able to give back to others in some really cool ways. So come back next week because you won't regret listening to my interview with Tori. She's amazing. And I had so much fun talking to her. So, okay. I'll see you next week. Enjoy this beautiful sunshine and the warmth. Bye everyone. I'm so excited that you found this podcast and I hope you join me every week as you go through your own journey towards healing. One thing I truly believe in is that trauma awareness is so important to our future generations and it starts with you. Thank you.